This week's episode of Infinite Canvas Ultra is sponsored by Midwest Action. Midwest Action is a record and tape label as well as a blog based here in our hometown of Chicago. Midwest Action showcases the best and brightest in the Midwestern music scene, covering genres of all types, from lo-fi garage rock to hip-hop, psychedelic rock, and more. Coming out on October 20th is Lullaby for the Restless by Harvey Fox. And on November 9th, Rogue Satellite's new EP, Baby I'm Jeff, is coming out. For more info on these releases, you can head over to MidwestAXN.com or search MidwestAXN on Bandcamp. Midwest Action. Listen local. This is Daniel Fiorio. And this is Michael Lane. And welcome to Infinite Canvas Ultra, episode 11. Um, what a special way to enter into the double digits. We are heading in our time machine, and we are giving you the promise 1999 month. We're kicking it off in this one episode, mm-hmm. with a full episode, just chock full of nostalgia. Oh, yeah. This is pretty great. I'm really excited to do this. Um, so... One of the biggest things, most influential things, so I would say Michael and I's sense of humor is something that turned 20 this year, and we were talking about Mr. SpongeBob SquarePants, uh-huh. one of the greatest Nickelodeon cartoons of all time, and what better way to talk about SpongeBob on his 20th anniversary than us doing a top five of our favorite episodes of the entire series. It's going to be a few honorable mentions, because I feel like it would be oh, yeah. borderline impossible to not bring up <laughs> I'm some sure, honorable mentions. I'm sure we'll this. talk about, like, 65 episodes or something, but exactly. uh, parsing it down to five for each of us for that. Exactly. Um, we'll also be talking about uh, The Iron Giant, which yep. is going to be one of our big uh, 1999 films for the month. And then our, our main course for today's episode... To cap everything off, we are starting... The first headliner of 1999 month with the most 1999 film yes. ever made, <laughs> The Matrix. Is it a yeah. classic? Is it total crap? Find out later <laughs> when we do our review of it. Yeah. Stay tuned, everybody. Get ready for some, put your nostalgia shades on. It's going to be a fun We're one. We're going to party like it's 1999. Like it's 1999. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Infinite Canvas Ultra, episode 11. So how you been, Michael? I've been good. I've been good. How are you? Doing good. I'm uh, considerably less sick than I was last week when we recorded our Joker episode. Um, the plague of the Joker is worn <laughs> off. I'm doing good. Literally everyone is getting sick right now. It's crazy. Like, I want to say everyone at work that I immediately work around mm-hmm. uh, has been sick within the last like week or two. Like Literally have to take off days because they're sick. That's ridiculous. Um, it's just been everyone. And I've somehow, even though I'm surrounded by these people, have, have been able to just stay away from it and, yeah. and stay safe. So That's good. I'm, I'm hoping, knock on wood, on my new wood podcast table. Our new table. Uh, that I don't stay, or that I stay healthy. Exactly. Don't you don't want to wish to not stay healthy. It's yes. not good. I yes. was the kind of the opposite effect of my work. Everybody was getting sick like two weeks ago, uh-huh. and I was totally fine. And all of a sudden, right when, after Michael and I saw Joker, I was when I was driving home, all of a sudden I just started to feel that you're getting sick feeling where yeah. you have a tingle in your throat and you're kind of feeling hot and stuff, and then sure enough. But I'm back and healthier than ever, <laughs> and I'm here to 
talk about just like you were healthy in 1999 exactly like when i was four years old yeah. it's great this is exciting this uh idea came to me when i was just kind of thinking about how we're going to be having to you know we'll be talking about everything from this year in december i think pretty much all of our december scheduling is pretty much just going to be doing lists yeah um kind of a whole list probably, month yeah, thing I don't think there's really anything of note coming out around that time, so probably just going to be doing a retrospective yeah. on everything, which would be great. But <clears throat> I thought, what a fun idea to, you know, go back and watch some films that are getting their 20th anniversary, mm -hmm. talk about TV shows that are getting their 20th anniversary, yep. just look back on two decades before we get to the current day, right. you know, talk about some of the best of now. Um but yeah, so we have Iron Giant and Matrix coming up later, and in the near future, maybe on the next episode, uh, we'll talk about being John Malkovich and Blair Witch, yeah. but before everything, <laughs> and I think um, just in preparation for us getting this episode ready, God, do I have a fondness for SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> like, what, a, what an important show. Like, Michael and I were looking at the lists of the series before we made our little top five lists of favorite episodes for the show. And, uh, yeah, just flooded with good memories mm -hmm. just watching that. And just it's insane how much of this is just seared into my memory Seriously. forever. Like, we would just, like, we'd see... So we were looking down the list on, like, Wikipedia of, like, all the episode names. And you could just get, like, the little tidbit of, like, whatever it was and just, like bits from that episode are coming into my mind just flooding back just Absolutely. jokes songs whatever it is it's it's wild uh, you know it, this is one of the most influential and important shows of my childhood absolutely sure. do you think because i certainly think it did do you think it really shaped your sense of humor now oh yeah definitely i, I probably didn't realize it back then but like yeah same yeah it was like this and like Aqua Teen Hunger Force yeah, at the same time. Um, same. To totally, like, well, similar enough, I guess, but like totally different audiences. Mm -hmm. But like, well, one's for children, one's for adults, but honestly, both are can be equally, you know, enjoyed by both audiences. Absolutely. Um, and, and yeah, like, Spongebob especially, just one of the, just like the... There's so many of these episodes that I must have seen dozens of times. Oh, yeah. Growing up, I mean, I think pretty much all, if I, if I were to guess, probably from <clears throat> kindergarten to... I think I stopped... It's, it's funny. I think we both kind of... Our appreciation of SpongeBob dipped at the same time. Yeah. I don't even necessarily think it was because we got older. I think no. it's kind of because the show dipped in quality. Yeah. And from what I remember hearing back in the day, this was like something because... Believe it or not, which I'm sure you all believe it, I followed things with the same nerd-like enthusiasm <laughs> as I did, you know, as a child that I do now. But I could have swore I heard that uh, Stephen Hillenberry, the creator of SpongeBob, he was no longer like part of the production of the show post the movie coming mm -hmm. out. And that movie honestly does kind of feel like a last hurrah for... The level of quality yeah. for SpongeBob, you know? I don't know that for certain, but I wouldn't doubt it. Like, yeah. it seems like that's probably... He would have done that and then kind of set back. Because I know the movie was like 04, and I know they took like a couple years off after mm -hmm. that, I believe, um, before coming back for like season four. And like, you know, we were looking through the episode list and through the seasons, and seasons one through three were just like all pre movie. We were just like, oh, I remember that one. That one. Like, literally every single yeah. one. After that, I was looking like season four, season five. I was like, 
I don't... Like, maybe a couple here and there, I remember, but, like, as a whole... Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't really any that, like, stuck out, but... Or there, yeah, or there's episodes I see, and it's uh, situations where I kind of remember this, and I don't remember that being that great. Right. So, right. going into Best this list... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> going into this list, these lists are going to be... And our honorable mentions, it's going to be pretty much just solely seasons one through three. Yeah. That is kind of the peak era of SpongeBob, but... I think the reason why these episodes, I mean, not only just from watching them so much when I was a kid, but I think also just generally, I mean, this was on all the time. Oh, yeah. I felt like. Oh, yeah. Like, on Nickelodeon, and then, uh, and growing up, we also had this station called Nicktoons, which mm-hmm. would just kind of show, like, maybe more 90s classic yeah. Nickelodeon cartoons, like, you'd get, like, your Ren and Stimpy's and right. Hey Arnold mm-hmm. being shown on there, but they'd also show Spongebob as well, and just all the time I would have mm-hmm. this on in the background and I think just that constant it's amazing I don't think I'll ever have anything or like a show like this in my life where it's just I've been surrounded by it so much right. that it's just firmly implanted <laughs> in my brain the way that this is yeah I pro- probably the same for me honestly it's kind of insane I, I remember in like fifth grade I want to say so probably around like 2005 2006 um, I remember them doing, I think it was probably right before the new season, like the fourth season or whatever, and they did like a, I want to say it was like a top 100 Spongebob episodes or whatever, and they counted down and like literally like for like three days straight, it was just like them showing yeah. Spongebob. You remember? You I remember, remember that. that. I do. And it was like so exciting. It was like literally they just like counted down every single episode of Spongebob and showed them like as a marathon for like two days or something. And that was just this show. The show just had such a cultural impact, mm-hmm. and it was the it was just the biggest thing going. Like none of the like there were other Nickelodeon shows I enjoyed and loved, but none of them to the extent of this show. And none of them just I had. I completely agree. None of them just made as much of an impact, like nearly as much of an impact. I completely agree. I mean, and we grew up in an era where there were a ton of really quality children's cartoons. Yeah. Um, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Mm-hmm. I was very partial to Ed, Ed and Eddie. Basically, Fairly Odd Parents I liked a lot. Fairly Odd Parents was great. Like, and yeah, a lot of the output, especially from Courage Network around that time, Master's yeah. Laboratory, like, there was so much... Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls. Like, so much great stuff, but this just, per- like, strike the perfect balance of, you know, just being insanely clever in its writing and also just having some of the most memorable material mm-hmm. without a doubt it's almost like uh i'd almost <clears throat> relate it to kind of like a spiritual successor to something like red and stimpy or and rockman's modern life yeah because yeah. uh steven holmberg was a producer was on that Rocko, show right yeah um it just it feels like sometimes they would just get so wacky and so out there with spongebob uh, yeah and you know we probably didn't even realize it as kids but like you know looking back on it, it's just like wow they really did a panty raid in yeah. one of the episodes, you know? Before um, we get into this list, like, what would you say is some of your favorite gags or bits that kind of just immediately jump in your mind? Um, uh, Dirty Dan, obviously, <laughs> is, is one that's, you know, embedded in my brain uh, from the, the hibernation episode where they, they sneak in the Sandys uh, underwater uh <laughs> Whatever, whatever it's called, uh, her dome. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the pickles, the pickle, Absolutely. you know, like the, that whole that whole episode, and, and... <laughs> that's a great joke too. Because when they find the pickles under bubble bath, you know, <laughs> then you just hear someone in the background, and there's my car keys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, which is just such a stupid <laughs> fucking joke. <laughs> um, obviously, like the running gag of the my late and the my late guy, just, my leg. <laughs> how, how many countless? I think there's a YouTube video or like a Twitter video I saw recently that was like three minutes long of just that guy screaming my leg and like yeah. how many bits could that have been like 30 40 times like and it's just amazing that that is your reoccurring gag right the whole thing. right just somebody constantly yelling <laughs> my leg, my leg. <laughs> Um, you? You got any that like sticking out? Um, I, I was telling you this before the show, and it's like honestly just one of my favorite moments in this entire series because it's such a great joke. I can't remember what episode it is from exactly, but there's a bit where um. Uh, Mr. Krabs' daughter, Pearl, they're at the Krusty Krab, they're eating, it's Pearl and her friends, and Mr. Krabs walks out and goes, here you go, Pearl, free water for you and all your friends, and they all just look at Mr. Krabs really pissed off, just go, thanks, Dad, because he's literally giving them nothing, because right. <laughs> he's such a cheap They live asshole. underwater. Piggybacking um, off of that, I think also the bit with the... Uh, the episode where uh, Sandy and SpongeBob tame the giant worm. Oh, yeah. And uh, Sandy goes into this monologue about how she'll help them if they're willing to pay. And then <laughs> Mr. Krabs goes over to the catch register. He's like frothing at the mouth. He's just like, I'll let him eat you all alive. <laughs> because he's not willing because he thinks he's, she's actually wanting him to pay. Oh, my God. Great joke. It's so good. The Mr. Show... Krabs maybe had some of the best moments in the entire Yeah, series. he's like one of the best characters for sure. Um, it's He's so good. The way he was written was so great. Yeah. Man, man. So good. Um... Yeah, uh, did you have any more like that are sticking out, or did you just want to get into... I think, uh, before we get into the list, I think also, um, so you have top, you have your five episodes of Sunday, oh, yeah. right? They're all in order. What would be some, let's do honorable? like five honorable mentions that sure. are on your list. Um, let me just look through here real quick. These are just going to be like off the top of my head, mm-hmm. whatever I can, can grab here. Um, if you have one throw it out there um oh you know what i might have one real quick midlife uh crustacean is one of my favorites um and and some of these you might know just from the title there were some that i was just like oh i exactly know which one that one but uh midlife crustacean was the episode where mr krabs wants to uh be like he feels old and he wants to be more like a you know rollicking teenager like like spongebob and patrick so they go on the (laughs) panty raid um man that's such a good one the reveal ends up being it's mr krabs his mom mom, yeah why the hell are spongebob and patrick (laughs) going to mr krabs mom's house to do that i have no idea yeah there might be something to parse out from that absolutely ridiculous um any for you that are sticking out um definitely a big honorable mention for me would be um the halloween episode which i think is just one of the best i absolutely love the gag at the end the reveal that uh spongebob has literally shaved his entire body (laughs) and um he is just a stump with a brain and ends up being scary the whole thing of the episode is that spongebob isn't scary and spongebob feels bad about that and the fact he gets deformed into this like horrible monster by the end of the episode is just gold. I yeah. love that moment. It's so good. Um, 
I, I definitely have like a few more. Oh yeah, yeah, I have more. Uh, um, you go next. Sailor Mouth, where they find the the swear words on the the tr- the dumpster outside the back of the the Krusty Krab, mm-hmm. and like every time they swear, it's like a dolphin noise. <laughs> it's so stupid, and just like again, it's like one of those things like they almost kind of got away with swearing on the show, you know, yeah. like they, they were basically swearing, you know, obviously it was censored, but this is a children's show and, you know, panty rating and, and, and swearing is, is kind of crazy to think about. There was another instance of that too, an episode where Mr. Krabs is dating this, this pub. Right. And there's a where SpongeBob's doing all that shit for Mr. Krabs yeah. and he just, he goes off on him. Yeah. He just goes <laughs> and I think it, it's just like a, you just see, uh, um, What's her name? Mrs. Puff. You like see her face as she's reacting to she's it. She's like thing. looking through the dictionary and then she gets <laughs> embarrassed. It's such a great uh, way of just, you know, saying like, oh, he's swearing. Right, like, to relate that. It's great. Yeah. Um, another honorable mention for me would have to be, and this is actually one I thought would be in my top five, but then when I made the list... Unfortunately, I got the cut, but it's here. Um, Rock Bottom, I think yes. one of like the weirdest and just... There are so many, like, I, I forgot how weird this fucking show was. Like, none of this struck me as weird when watching this as a kid. That one's really like, weird. That one's creepy. Looking through this list and some of my favorite episodes in particular, it's like, wow, this was such an out there yeah. show for a children's show. But yeah, it's great. Just that... SpongeBob gets stranded in a lost town where literally the only way to communicate is going, <laughs> everything that you say. Um, that's keeps, one of the, that's one of my honorable mentions as well. He keeps missing the bus. Yeah. I love that bit where he's getting a candy bar, and then like every time he touches the candy bar, the bus yeah, just, like, and it goes, goes back, back and, and forth, and he's like moving back and forth between grabbing it and then yeah, <laughs> and he runs to catch it. And I love how he's just saved by that light fish guy right. who just ends up like finding his balloon and oh, then just like God. sending him back off the town so it's, good it's amazing um i love nasty patty where they yeah, they kill the or like you know in quotes kill the the health inspector mm-hmm. with the with the nasty patty because they think uh, where they think he's like a fake yeah he's, like somebody tells mr krabs or something that like it's just gonna be someone trying to get free food exactly so he, like makes the dirtiest <laughs> nastiest crabby patty <laughs> and then like oh it's just so good and all the bits with like the the cops in that episode and like they're they're digging the grave for the guy and ah oh, it's so good it's amazing such a good one um another honorable mention for me i i'm gonna take it all the way back to the first episode mm-hmm. tea at the tree dome where yeah. spongebob meets sandy for the first time and classic is dried up <laughs> right. and just the extreme close-ups of him like being tortured <laughs> trying to impress this girl it's uh, great it's yeah. such a great it's such a great first episode. Yeah, it's it's really really good and just like really kind of like you know tells you it, it lays the foundation for the whole series yep. like really well. Yep. Um, another one for me that didn't make it, but it's just an, one of those ones that uh, it's just it's probably one of the ones that I've probably seen the most, and it's mm-hmm. Band Geeks. Absolutely. Where they they do the the performance for like the Super Bowl. I'm surprised they didn't make your top five. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a great one. But it's great. Um, that that song at the end, I can literally sing the entire song that they play at the end. I it's like amazing. know that entire entire thing. Um, that's a good episode. I love the bit where uh, Patrick likes <laughs> he like eats somehow he I forget like what it is, but he somehow gets the the like trumpet or trombone <laughs> stuck inside of him, and he comes in and he like. Bah! 
and he like sits down and says, It's so good. It's so good. Absolutely great. Uh, chocolate with nuts will be mm-hmm. another one of mine for the ever iconic chocolate yep. that one fish is screaming throughout the yep, entire yep. episode. I wonder if that one, yes, the chocolate guy, and then the. I wonder if that one almost is. It's like reached this tipping point for me, maybe where like it's like too much of a meme now with like the chocolate, like yeah. you know, like the the like old lady in the wheelchair, or whatever. Um, but that is a good episode. That's a really great one. I love that episode. Um, yeah, it's just I I think it's like too much of a classic in all honesty to like mm-hmm. not. Oh have yeah. On at least in my honorable mentions. For sure. Um, and also, yeah, even even though despite like how much of a meme and just like how much it's spread around and. It's gotten to that level for a reason. Oh, yeah. Like, it seriously is. It it's is a good such bit. a phenomenal episode. It's a great bit. Um, I think, I think that, we're on our fifth one now. I, one last one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... I would go with Pickles. Pickles didn't make my, my top five, but uh, that is a really great one with... Uh, What's it, bubble bass? Yeah. Um, and, you know, is, is complaining about not having the pickles, and then it turns out he had them under his tongue the whole time. That's a really great one. And I'm going to go <laughs> with a season one episode, and definitely one of my favorites ever, Squeaky Boots, where yes. <laughs> SpongeBob just randomly yes. starts wearing these gigantic-ass rubber boots <laughs> that is creating this obnoxious noise that mm-hmm. drives Mr. Krabs to the point of insanity, and the episode winds up with him boiling those boots. And <laughs> right, and then we'll yeah. ones, and he eats them. It's so great. I can't believe, I'm actually looking at Pickles was the sixth episode, that doesn't that's that seems wild. I would have swore that was an old, like a, like a, like season two or three at least. Oh yeah, it's kind of crazy that that one was so early. That is really crazy. Um, just an episode past pizza delivery, which is another, um, not in my top five, but uh, another one that that sticks out. You know, obviously the one where they deliver the crusty crab pizza. Of mm-hmm. course, we could all do the crusty crab pizza, pizza song, right? Um, all right, you want to get into top fives? Absolutely. Um, all right, so I want, I'm sure we'll have some crossover here. I think so too. Um, if not in order, I think just in the selections yeah, that are here. But um, I would say for number five, I'm going to go with Band Geeks. Actually, okay. Um, okay. I think that that episode just has like way too many quotables and great moments yeah. for it to not be on my list. Um, Squilliam. 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 <laughs> uh, Is that the introduction of him? It's probably not, right? No, I think it's like the second appearance, maybe. Because yeah. then I think there was that episode where um, uh, Squidward tried to convince him that the Krusty Krab is like fine dining restaurant. Right, right. right. I think that's that a good one. That's first a good episode. One that's also a great episode. But yeah, just for the scene at the end, uh, the. Like the concert? Gags, like that. The, the, yeah, the gags while they're practicing yeah. in preparation for the show. Yeah. The bit where they're... <laughs> Where Squidward encourages the two fish that are like waving batons to <laughs> wave even faster than <laughs> they go flying into the sky and they get killed. <laughs> they like explode or something. Yeah, they literally fly up into a plane oh, and the plane explodes right. into both of them. Right. And then one of the other fish starts playing, you know, just like the in memoriam <laughs> song. Squidward lays on the ground and like is crying. Um, <laughs> big meaty claws. I think mm-hmm. that is such a 
like funny ass moment yep. where Mr. Krabs gets into that fight with that other you know bandmate. It's it's too good. It's too good to not be in yep. the top five. Oh, definitely. I love that episode. Um, for my my fifth one, I, yeah, is that my fifth one? Yeah, I'm gonna go for my fifth one. No weenies allowed. It's good. Obviously, episode. the the episode with the um, oh, am I blanking on it right now? The the, the uh, Weenie Hut Juniors and the Salty Spittoon. Absolutely. Uh, what a classic one. Um, unfortunately, I I, I oh, I'm trying to rack my mind for specific bits. Um, there was a bit where he's trying to prove how tough he is, and he cracks his fingers and like <laughs> breaks his hand. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah. He's asking that one fish how tough he is. He ate a bowl of nails for breakfast <laughs> without any milk. <laughs> yeah. That is such a good one. That is such a good one. Your fourth? Uh, fourth would be the Krusty Krab training video. Yep, that's what on mine a too. Weird fucking episode of a kids cartoon. It's <sighs> literally. The episode is presented as if you were starting a job at the Krusty mm-hmm. Krab, and you just get this instructional video of just all the crazy goings-on of working at the Krusty Krab. It's phenomenal. It has maybe one of the most memorable bits, memorable bits in the entire series, in my opinion, where they get to talking about the actual <laughs> making of the Krabby Patty in the video, and it's just this announcer doing this mouth-long song yeah. for about almost two minutes. <laughs> um, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's just such a weird, creative episode of this yeah. series, and I completely love it yeah. so much. Definitely one of the most creative episodes there is of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely one that was on my list as well. Uh, my fourth would be The Strangler. Great episode. Um, you know, where he... <laughs> <laughs> he's like buddies with the strangler who wants to like strangle him but like they somehow become like Spongebob thinks he's like friends with him yeah um, he basically just annoys him right. with him like not completing his task of killing it's Spongebob so good. Spongebob is just saved by pure dumb luck <laughs> there's like the entire episode yes there's like the bit uh, where they're like grocery shopping I remember <laughs> um, man such a good episode all, just, all these ones. He's just getting annoyed the entire time. Yeah. He's just like trying to decide. Oh, he's trying to decide between the cereals or, or, cereal. or breads or something. Oh, man. And yeah. actually, that is my third on okay. my list. Um, just to go off that even more, just I love the fact that SpongeBob is just completely thrown off that this isn't the same character because he's just wearing a mustache. <laughs> yeah. That in itself <laughs> is just such a great joke. Oh. Um, the fact that like SpongeBob keeps randomly having parties also whenever <laughs> the Strangler is like <laughs> trying to about to quarter SpongeBob and you know, <laughs> actually kill him and just can't ever follow through yeah. with it. It's great. It's such a funny ass episode. Um, yeah. Spiky cleats. <laughs> Gag oh, is right. that will always like, stuff on his stick eyes, with me right? for that episode. Um, Your cleats are stuck in my cornea. He's <laughs> <laughs> just running around outside Spongebob's house with Spongebob in his Dang, eye socket. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, great. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> with these spiky cleats, anything <laughs> or possible. <laughs> so good. Um, I hope everyone else is... is joining in on our fun i hope and, so too we're totally about to like go watch some episodes of spongebob directly after this absolutely um my, sure, my next is just one bite where squidward is convinced that he hates the the krabby patties and he <laughs> never wants to eat them right 
And then he, like, has, like, one bite. Like, I think they, like, dare him into having a bite or something, whatever it is. And then he has the one bite and he just becomes hooked. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like, it, it all went to my thighs. Or whatever, like, whatever he says. He's standing in that like, vault. It's in the like... vault and his, like, thighs are just, like, gigantic. Oh, my God. That is... I love the setup to that episode, too, where he tries to get him to take a bite, and it's just this, like, again, Shota's had many extreme close-ups. Oh, yeah. It's extreme close-up his, like, mouth, his and, like, it's just, like, his, like, gums, and, like, yeah. his teeth, and he, like, gets, like, the one little bite. He's buying just, like, a little corner of, like, the <laughs> patty, and that's it. And he's just talking about how much it sucks, because <laughs> he doesn't want, you know, Spongebob to be convinced that he yeah. likes his cooking. Yeah. Um... My second favorite episode, uh, God, this honestly is, was kind of tough to pick between this and my number one, but my second favorite is The Bully. Okay. I think that is yeah. the, one of the funniest episodes of the mm-hmm. series, without question. I think maybe my favorite moment in this entire series is uh, <laughs> um, Spongebob, you know, running away from The Bully. And there's just an old man standing on the street corner, and <laughs> the whole town just hears SpongeBob say, "Stop, stop! He wants to kick my butt." <laughs> and right. the entire town sees this old man going, "Hey there, young people! Nice day today!" And then the entire town just <laughs> eats the shit. What do you want, old man? And they're shaking their fists at him and stuff. And, and not only does that happen, just that <laughs> initial bit that happens that happens in the episode is super funny. But it happens fucking again. And yeah. you get another time where he's saying, how many times have I seen yeah, this that's blessed it. old man? <laughs> and they beat his ass a second time. Just for that uh, joke alone. Like, that I think is maybe just one of the funniest yeah. bits in a TV show ever. Yes. But it's just such a goofy episode, and I just love it so much. Just mm-hmm. randomly... There's this flounder who is starting to take classes in SpongeBob's boating school, and SpongeBob says hi to him, and he just wants to beat it. He just wants to uh, kick the, his butt. Yeah, the flat to go to guy, him. right? Yeah, Flass, I think Flats. his name was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. It's just such a goofy episode, and it's so funny, and it just like tickles me every time I see it because yep. it's just so silly. Uh, my number two is the Krusty Krab training video. Um, and I have a feeling our number ones might be the same. Wow, I'd be kind of surprised. I, well, I mean, actually. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess you didn't honorable mention it, uh, so I thought maybe it would be number one. But um, give me a number one. Uh, my number one is Bubble Buddy. Oh, actually. okay, okay. I think that that episode is great. Just for yeah. the, there are so many just great moments in that. Um, <laughs> uh, Spongebob making Squidward prepare a bunch of food for Bubble Buddy that he can't even <laughs> right. eat, paying them in bubble money. Bubble bucks. Uh, bubble Buddy literally kills a random side <laughs> character because they go to the beach and um, he one, this one fish just wants him to bury him in sand. Right. Bubble Buddy can't do anything, at least so you think, until it's revealed at the end of the episode that he was alive this right. entire time. Um, which is really fucked up, because he let that character die. It's even revealed when the whole town just, you know, airs their grievances about Bubble Buddy that, you know, he just let him experience high tide. He buried him in sand, and then the oh my God. goo from Goo Lagoon just took him in. Jesus. And then uh, another, like, again, also just one of the funniest moments in this whole series is... Uh, the entire town, they, you know, want to get their revenge on Bubble Buddy, <laughs> and the first thing they decided to do is just randomly tip over the lifeguard <laughs> right. at the beach, <laughs> and then after that, they're like, now what? Get the lifeguard! 
It's so good. It's so funny. It's just such a clever-ass episode. I love it. There are just so many funny moments in it, and without a doubt, my, my number one. Yeah. It's a hard pick, but oh, my yeah. number one, without a doubt. My number one is, like, far and away my favorite episode. Like, just the one that sticks out in my mind is, is the best episode of SpongeBob ever, and I'm obviously, like, a big horror guy. Nice. Um, I'm going with Graveyard Shift. Hell yeah. I think Graveyard Shift is the best episode of SpongeBob. That's a great um, choice. Obviously, where the the hashling slasher, you know, Squidward tells SpongeBob they have to work the overnight, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Squidward tells him about the hashling slasher coming by, and like obviously it's like it's this big you know joke. He comes on the bus and and you know Squidward thinks it's like fake or whatever, but then it turns out to be like sort of real almost. You know, it's such a good good episode. I love the you know obviously like the. <laughs> The hash ringing, the hash, the slash singing, you know, like, that bit's good. Even Spongebob is, like, eating his arms. He's, like, literally <laughs> just, like, eating story. his arms. And, like, the, the eyebrows, and they go all, like, tingly. And um, then, uh, of course, one of my favorite bits, like, the bit that stands out most in my mind is Nosferatu. Probably my first exposure to what oh, Nosferatu yeah. even was. Yeah, definitely. Like, if you were born in the <laughs> 90s, that's probably your first exposure to Nosferatu. With, like... And you automatically just think, Nosferatu! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, lo- I love that whole bit where they're just, like, going through, they're, like, debunking everything, and, like, the it's like the garbage can just oozes just because there's something, and then, like, they're like, but why are the lights flickering? And then it just like, cuts over, and Nosferatu's standing there, and they're like, Nosferatu! And then, like, it's like superimposed yeah. the smile on his her face. <laughs> he smiles at them. It's so, so good. And it's just so weird. Like, mm. why would this show, t- you know, make reference to a movie from 1925, you know? Right. Like, it's just so random. It's just one of those things about the show, like, they were they were just going wild. Yeah. They were just going crazy with it, the show. It's a testament to just how great the writing on that show yeah. was because it really had amazing writing. And I, I think honestly, the show is probably funnier now than it ever was when I was five, six, seven years old. I agree. Like, I just so much more. I just understand in like a, a greater level. You know, just it was probably funny as a kid, but like seeing it now and with like context and just you know seeing it as like this was a children's show i watched this as a kid and like how much this influenced me and like what they're showing me it's just so great it really is it's just one of the funniest shows i seriously 110 percent and it's it's very fun going back and like doing this retrospective yeah. and you know talking about these um what are our favorite episodes of the series for a show that was like literally so influential mm-hmm. for us it's great and yeah. i just i i just i want to go back and watch me too and really i am like shaking thinking about watching some SpongeBob now seriously it's crazy and to close this out happy birthday spongebob yeah 20 years old happy that's birthday. insane i can't believe that you know yeah it's just amazing that this show has literally followed us our entire lives. We're yeah. basically we're practically almost as old as this TV show, yeah. and it's just it's great. We had to do this list. We oh, had yeah. to do this retrospective. I'm so glad we did on SpongeBob. What are your favorite episodes of SpongeBob? You can hit us up at infinitecanvasult at gmail dot com or tweet at us at icultrapod. We'd love to hear your top five lists and, yeah, just get some of your takes. What are your favorite episodes of Spongebob's? Favorite moments? Favorite <laughs> quotes? 
Took us three days to make that potato salad, buddy. <laughs> three days! <laughs> oh, God. We're gonna take a short break. Yeah. When we get back, we'll be back with our review of The Iron Giant. In his directorial debut in 1999, renowned animated filmmaker Brad Bird would use his nostalgia and reverence for 1950s comic books and low-budget creature features to create The Iron Giant. A box office failure, but a critical darling upon release, The Iron Giant would go on to become one of the most beloved cult classic animated films ever made. But 20 years later, does this story still stand tall like its titular character, or is this robot beginning to rust and show its age? Dan? Uh, I think it stands as taller as it ever has, yeah. in all honesty. Um, one of the biggest takeaways from re-watching this movie, um, which, uh, you know, honestly, before we go into this, I think for pretty much every movie we do in this series, for both 99 and 2009, we should go through our histories with this movie. Sure, definitely. Um, for me, I vividly remember seeing... So I was four years old when this movie came out, and I... Pretty much only remembered seeing commercials for this. My you parents never took me to see in the theater. Oh, okay. I just was aware of its existence. Mm-hmm. And then years later, um, probably like maybe two, three years away from when it came out, I had watched it on Cartoon Network and I uh-huh. thought it was phenomenal. And then um, I was lucky enough to get to revisit it in my adulthood seeing it at the music box theater and that was kind of like i I feel like that was like my first like genuine experience with watching this movie um and i just thought it was phenomenal and uh re-watching it for this series for us talking about on the show um i think one of the biggest things that like jumped out to me about this movie is we'll never get anything like this ever again like this is such an utterly unique film and especially for animated films it just really stands apart from everything mm-hmm. as its contemporaries. And I think it's wonderful. It, it is... tells an amazing story, and yeah. it's just an amazingly made movie. Yeah. Um, I I think, like, my my uh, history with it is a little, is, like, pretty similar. Um, I don't remember, yeah, I don't think I saw it when it came out initially. Like, I was three when this movie came out, so I, even if I did see it, I definitely don't remember it. Um, but I do remember seeing, like, watching it a good amount when I was, like, a, a couple of years older, like, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen it, uh, since I was a child, like, probably six or seven years old. Like, I really, basically watching it the most, you know, when we watched it just the past week or two, uh, for the show, it was more or less like seeing it for the first time again, except, sure. like, there were bits, like, it was kind of weird, you know, there, there were bits that I, I, you know, while I was watching, I was like, oh, wow, like, I do kind of remember where this is going, I remember that part, like, it's kind of crazy, you know, like, having not seen a movie in probably close to 20 years, closer to 20 years, and then being able to still, like, parse out some, some pieces that you remember from back then. Like, I don't know if it was this way for you, but I think in rewatching, I think almost everybody knows that cannonball scene where, um... Oh, where the Iron Giant jumps in? Yeah. Yeah, where he's yeah. hanging out with Huey, and, uh, they, yeah, they're just playing at the lake. Mm-hmm. Huey jumps in, he's all cold, and then the Iron Giant jumps in, and there's just this <laughs> yeah. giant-ass, like, you know, <laughs> tidal wave, wave. This tidal wave that just takes over the forest that they're yeah. surrounding. I and, love that part, and, like, it, it... it it goes through the forest and it's all the water and like you see like fish and stuff in the in the trees and whatnot. It's really great. Exactly. And you're right. I think when you say like we'll never get a movie like this, not even in terms of just like 
obviously 2D animation is, is such a thing of the past, and I wish... And it's, I it's so sad. dearly wish that like we would get movies that were made with 2D animation. I completely agree. Like you still do get it from you know uh, anime, you know, mm-hmm. Eastern animation definitely, but for the most part, like an American-made, American-style uh, animated film, like it just doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't. And it's it's such a it's such a sad thing, especially watching something like The Iron Giant, which is so it's a, it's this great mix actually of 3D animation, very early 3D animation, but still very good-looking 3D animation with the classic 2D cell-drawn hand-animated stuff. Yeah. Um and it's it really is such a uh, you know, it's so sad that there's nothing like this. It, it's sad, and and also, I mean, I was going to say it's sad that there's not a market for it now, but hell, there wasn't really a market for it then either, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, this was coming about like the dawn of Pixar and CGI and yeah. films coming out. Toy Story, I think Toy Story 2 was probably already out by this point, if not coming out. Toy Story out. 2 was 99 as well, so it should have been same same time frame. And... It's this, you know, 2D animated movie that's competing with these other movies. Because, I mean, yeah. I'm sure DreamWorks and all the other production companies from that point who were getting into CGI, anim- CGI animation were already dipping their toes and doing their thing. And, yeah, it's just, like, it's sad to me that it's not as marketable because it's just such a beautiful-looking movie. Right. Like, this movie is just... It's so gorgeous-looking. Mm-hmm. And it's meld of 2D animation and... the I mean, yes, like, the use of computer animation in this is kind of primitive by today's standards. But it's not but bad. But it looks great. It actually looks really great. It's, and it's, it's, it's not a lot. There's it's not, a not. Lot, obviously, but... It's, it's a less is more. Yeah type of situation and it works so much in this movie's benefit mm-hmm. it, it it's it was really surprising to me to to find out that the iron giant himself was actually a 3d animated object um because as a kid i just probably never even noticed or recognized it and i had like i said i haven't seen this movie in about 20 years and and having that lens and knowing more about animation and how films are made and everything um it was really crazy to see that that is actually a 3D animated object, whereas everything else is 2D. And when I think to, to like, 3D animation in the 90s, like, outside of, like, Pixar, obviously, was really great, but when I think of, like, something like, you know, like, the Spider-Man TV show, like, the cartoon, where, like, he would be swinging through the city and all the city would be CGI, like, just how awful and ugly it was. Like, a lot of, like, 3D animation, when people were getting into it back then... It just, it didn't, like, you go back to Toy Story now, even, and, like, it doesn't look great. No. It's, like, serviceable, but, like, especially compared to what it is now, like, Toy Story 4 to 1, like, it's, it's, it's a, like com- such a different... It's like comparing a PlayStation 2 to, like, PlayStation yeah, 4. Exa- yeah, exactly. Um, but, like, here, it, 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 it looks great. It, it was surprising. Um, it does. Just how good it looked. So, obviously, the majority of the 3D animation comes in the form of the robot. Mm-hmm. And just all those scenes, just, I mean, like, honestly, it looks, that looks, it's, I mean, I guess you could maybe clean it up a little bit more, but I mean, yeah. honestly, I think that would almost kind of cheapen it a little bit. Like, it just looks perfect as it yeah. is. I mean, it honestly could be used in a movie today if yeah. something like this was made now and it would, 
It, would be it fits just the style. It really fits the style of this movie perfectly. Exactly. It melds, you know, at the time, current technology in a very old school way mm-hmm. of animated filmmaking right. in just such a seamless way, and yeah. I really love it. Like, and I, I really think that bad CGI can really like hinder a movie like when you're watching it and just like you're like picking it out and just being like oh that looks so bad or whatever and here it just it i i you know if i was watching this you know i didn't have as much of a, a reverence for animation and and you know even an eye for it maybe i wouldn't even notice that it was 3d mm-hmm. you know like it, it's so seamless in this film it really is it's really something spectacular that's totally to its credit and uh there's a lot to I, I have a lot of credit, I think, to keep on this movie. I think the cast is absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, I just realized I totally fucked up that it's, the lead character's name isn't uh, Huey, it's Hogarth, mm. um, which that is a great protagonist right. in this. Right. This little boy that ends up finding this this robot takes place at the height of you know nuclear paranoia in America mm-hmm. and communist Russia and everything mm-hmm. and then all that stuff. And then sure enough, this robot ends up you know landing in this small town and you know Hogarth trying to keep it a secret it's his buddy but secret just doesn't stay for too long mm-hmm. um yeah uh love that characters in this uh this actor Eli Marenthal not really familiar with you know, oh, anything the, else that that, that actor has been in before but we got Jennifer Aniston as Amy Hughes Hogarth's mother Harry yeah. Connick Jr. is Dean mm-hmm. um Vin Diesel yeah. as the robot. Yeah. This is like the prototype to him playing Groot, like basically. 13, you know? 14 years before yeah. he played Groot. Yeah. Iron Giant. And um, much like Groot, like it's a voiceover performance that is like somehow so great in all of its simplicity. <laughs> right. Like the giant literally just says maybe one word at a time. It's yeah. just kind of drawn out, mm-hmm. but... It's, you know, completely in relation to, you know, the events of the film, maybe something that Hogarth said to him before, and it's done to, at sometimes heartbreaking effect, usually heartwarming effect, yeah. and it's awesome. And it, it's funny, this is also, like, pre-Fast and Furious Vin Diesel. This is, like, baby Vin Diesel, basically. Yeah. Like, I'm actually trying to think, um, like, what he was even in. I guess he was in, uh, oh, he had, like, Saving Private Ryan. He was, like, a character in that, like, for a little bit. But, like, really, Iron Giant is, like, his big first role. Like, his mm-hmm. first big role. And I think um, Fast and Furious, like, the first one probably came out, like, two or two so years, years after later. Those. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, like, weird that he, like, were, was somehow an Iron Giant and then became, like, one of the biggest actors, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Hollywood. It's amazing. But I also love, I think, one of the standouts is uh, Christopher McDonald, who I didn't even, like, realize, you know, who he was, but now, like, seeing a picture of him, it's like, oh, that guy, the bad guy from Happy Gilmore. Like, what a... Very famous character actor. He's been in more shit than you realize he's been Mm -hmm. in. Perfect choice for Kent Mansley, the main villain, and what a villain. Like, just such a hateable, hateable (laughs) character. Um, is trying to just screw everything up for Hogarth and the giant, um, getting the military involved and just being a real, real scumbag yeah. about the whole situation. But, um, yeah, the movie itself is very simple premise. Boy befriends outer space robot that's fallen to earth and basically just has to keep him hidden and make sure he stays safe because the giant really just is a confused, lost mm-hmm. soul. He's not yeah. meaning to 
cause any harm or anything, but you know, probably just wants to get back home. Yeah, it's like a pretty simple story, you know, of like boy finds monster, you know, and like has to like hide it from his parents and whatnot. And I love all the scenes with him trying to hide uh, hide uh, the Iron Giant and like the part where the the giant's hand is inside the house and he's like shooing it away and like you know trying to um uh, you know just make his mom look away and distract his mom and everything it's, it's really it, it is a simple story but it's so well done absolutely um, it feels like a movie that would have came out in its respective era yeah. that it takes place in mm-hmm. like it reminds me a lot of cinema from that time and it just pulls it off so well yeah it's it's really great. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's sad, like, you know, they bring up that it was kind of a bomb at the box office. And it's interesting, too, like, in reading up after watching this, just how, I mean, this movie was basically in development five years mm-hmm. before it came out. It was originally, you know, ideas for this were being pitched around in 1994 as a musical. Yeah. With uh, the Who's Pete Townsend <laughs> uh, doing the score for it, which is... I Super would, interesting. I wonder what that movie would have looked like had that actually been made. Like I know Tommy, but with the Iron Giant or something. Yeah, um, that would be so weird. This movie would not work as a musical. Not at all. But no, the way that it, it probably was... would have done better. Kids, Maybe especially back then, like musicals. Like you think of like Little Mermaid and it's Lion true. King and stuff. Like that was actually like that. Now that I think of it, like that's like the end. Like, 1999, like, it was almost kind of perfect how, like, the 90s was just this... It was, like, a resurgence for Disney animation and everything and the 2D animated stuff. And then, like, some of the biggest movies, uh, biggest, like, Disney movies you could think of in that time. And then, like, cap it off, Iron Giant, 1999. And, like, you never see any of that stuff ever again. No. Like, Disney went straight into, like, the 2000s with all... 3D animated stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then DreamWorks, too. Like, right yeah. after Iron Giant, I would have to assume maybe the next one was probably Shrek. Yeah. And then, like, from there, like... Obviously a massive hit inspired, like, yeah. all these, to this day, just completely faceless, utterly bland CGI animated yeah. movies that come out almost every week. Like, it, it really is to that point. It's like you see an ad or, you know, you just see these movies at the theater and it's just like, what even is this? Yeah. It's, it's really sad. Yeah, it's Because it just kind of, like, stripped away all identity and, like, you know, character from animated films. Whereas you have something like this, where it's just, it's full of that. Like, yeah. it's just something utterly unique and just, you know different from all of that Mm -hmm. pulling so much influence from you know the retro but also just like being very of its time at the time and i think like i think honestly like the animated you know film landscape would really benefit from going back to something like this definitely i would love i really would love to see something uh in this vein it doesn't have to be an iron giant 2 uh, but I would love yeah, to there see... Should, there should never be a sequel to No, this. there shouldn't. I, actually, one of my least favorite parts of this movie is its final scene, like the kind of like cliffhanger mm-hmm. that they like set up. But um, I, I, I would love to see something that is similar to this, like a spiritual successor. That'd be great. For sure. Um, to be honest, though, like with that final scene, I don't even really see that as a cliffhanger. I think it's kind of just more of like a hopeful end, if anything. Yeah, I guess... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily a cliffhanger, but it is like a, a wink, like, oh, there could be more Iron Giant in the future, you know? It makes me um, curious. I wonder if that there ever was that intent. Yeah, I, I would assume I would imagine so. so. Had this movie done as well as they wanted, like, I'm sure there probably would have been an Iron Giant 2, 3, you know, however many they could have made. Um, but as it is, like, Iron Giant's a, a phenomenal film. Absolutely. A, a seriously really great movie. Even holds up so well today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely recommend everybody to see it. If you were to give it a score, what would you give it? I, I would give this one, like, a four... Uh, what, what scale do we use? I'd give this one, like, a nine. Two out of ten. Yeah, that's I'd give this like hilarious. A that's actually the same score yeah. I would give it to. I think it's just... It's just so airtight and perfect. Like, yeah. it, you, there's just, like, really nothing I could fault this movie it's on. It's funny, there's... it's gripping, it's exciting, like, mm-hmm. the characters are great, the story's fun, the visuals are really spectacular, like, there's really, I don't know, it's, like, almost perfect. I don't, like, I don't even know what I would say that I dislike about it. Right. Really, you know? Like, there's not really any anything I can pinpoint in that way. Yeah, I give it up to Brad Bird. I mean, very much he was like a huge, you know, had his fingerprints over a lot of the Simpsons during... Did he really? That shows, yeah. Like, really? really great creative peaks. Um, huh. I don't think I knew that. had a hand in the Incredibles, yeah. Ratatouille. Like, his career has been amazing, and this is like such a nice little detour. And going back to that, just like kind of my wanting of more 2D animated you know, mm-hmm. projects. I mean, I would love to see him do something else like this. Like yeah. this kind of, you know, just sort of more creator driven type story from him. I think it would be wonderful. Yeah. It'd be great. He like, like, man, just like naming off some of those animated films, like Incredibles and Ratatouille are some of my favorite Pixar movies. Exactly. And Iron Giant's obviously amazing. So it's, it's kind of crazy. He might like be like the best like animated film director, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I want to say, honestly, it's like seasons maybe uh, four through eight or nine of The Simpsons uh-huh. he was a part of. Uh-huh. So, yeah, no, dude, dude's legit. He's a, he deserves all the credit in the world. Tele- actually, television, it says 1989 to 1998. Like, wow. He was there for the first ten years of The Simpsons. Apparently. That's even more than I thought. Um, wow. That's awesome. He actually directed an episode in uh, season two. Actually, that's the first season. He directed an episode in the first season, as well as the second. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was all over that show, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. True testament to its era. Definitely something that should not be missed. Um, don't really necessarily feel like going into spoilers on this one. Yeah. I feel like this yeah. is just kind of more of a, a recommendation. For everybody. Because yeah. um, I do feel like a lot of people haven't seen this movie. Like, I feel like there's kind of a general awareness of the Iron Giant, but mm-hmm. less so in the regards to people that have actually watched it. Right. So, I mean, we're both giving it a 9 out of 10 here. This is, like, kind of the, I think maybe the highest score we've given a movie so far in the show, actually. Mm, probably Once Upon a Time, right? I think I gave that an eight. Did you uh, give yeah, that a nine? I don't remember. I don't remember. But it was my favorite movie of the year so far. So if I didn't give it a nine, then probably in in retrospect, I'd probably give it a nine. But this Iron Giant though is a very good movie, and I I can't recommend it enough. Absolutely, gets the infinite canvas seal of approval. If you guys have any thoughts on uh, Iron Giant, be sure to hit us up at infinitecanvasalt at gmail dot com or tweet us at icultrapod. 
Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to keep the old 1999 train rolling, and we're going to talk about The Matrix, the most 1999 movie of all time. Very excited. Bullet time, whatever that crazy... Bullet time. Directing thing they had for that movie. It's great. I can't wait to talk about this. Stick with us. Infinite Canvas Ultra, more than just a podcast... It's also a website, a lifestyle, bro. You can go to infinitecanvasultra.wordpress.com to find some written works from Michael and I, including my review of All My Heroes Are Cornballs by JPEG Mafia and Michael's written review for The Joker. Also coming up soon, I'm going to have an Angel Olsen review, so stay tuned, Matthew. You're asking about that. We're going to deliver. It's going to be great. It's going to be on the website. You can get my full thoughts on that. And all of our thoughts on any upcoming projects that we see fit to talk about that just didn't happen to fit the show. InfiniteCanvasUltra.wordpress.com Borrowing heavily from the likes of Japanese animation and kung fu films, and implementing visual effects unseen in films at the time, 1999's The Matrix by the Wachowskis was a game changer for the action film genre, whose influences can be felt in almost all movies of the genre throughout the 2000s. Starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, and Joe Pantoliano, The Matrix follows hacker Thomas Anderson, who goes under the codename Neo, as he uncovers that humanity has been trapped in a simulated reality called The Matrix, a reality created by machines who have the intent on feeding on human life. It's up to Neo and the Resistance, led by Fishburne's character Morpheus, to stop them. Extremely ahead of its time thematically and visually, does The Matrix still hold up and inspire the same level of awe as it did 20 years ago? The Matrix is pretty fucking cool. The Matrix is great. The Matrix is a good-ass movie. It's a great movie. It is, uh... I am so glad that this is the first headliner for the 1999 month for part one of our retrospective mm-hmm. on 20 years ago. Because it is the most 1999 oh, movie seriously. ever. So it much is... leather, so many, like... Very tiny sunglasses, like weird sunglasses. Oh. So much industrial music and yes. um, Rob, Rob Zombie, Zombie. remixes, mm-hmm. and it's great. And yeah. it is just so of its era, but so great because and of it. Pre John Wick, Keanu Reeves, like I didn't even know he had a career before John Wick. <laughs> honestly, right? Um, I was like, who is this guy? Right. <laughs> who's this? Who's this schmuck, Keanu Reeves? <laughs> but no, I mean, it's um. And I think definitely, I mean, obviously Keanu Reeves kind of dabbled in action films yeah. before this, but Speed, this... Speed. Yeah. Uh, point Break. Like, he was he was definitely around for, for a lot of action movies, but this was like his... This was, I, I think, is kind of akin to John Wick in a way. Yeah. Where it made him a staple of the action movie genre. Not the trilogy. In a great way. Yeah. And for something that is... That is and should be very highly regarded. Mm-hmm. So, The Matrix, made by the Bachowskis, I mean, uh, just such a, as I said in my intro, just a game changer. There was really nothing that looked or felt like this yeah. in action movies at the time. Um, it borrowed heavily from anime, which is, like, all over this movie. Yeah, I would say, like, anime and, like, Hong Kong, like, cinema, definitely. Like, it's very, it's also very, like karate and like you know jumping across walls and like doing all that you know one-on-one fighting and stuff but futuristic at the same time yes and that's just not something that really anybody was doing in the action genre at that time 
Um, the Wachowskis definitely had the foresight to realize that a lot of stuff that's happening in anime, which is exactly that, sure. which is exactly what is, you know, a lot of the core elements of the Matrix and what makes that movie so great is like they realize that, you know, anime is something that you should borrow from mm -hmm. and this, and it makes for a really great action movie. Yeah, and it was, like, kind of, in that way, it's, like, really ahead of its time, because, like, anime hadn't really, it was, like, on the cusp of having a big break in Western audiences. Like, this is around, like, you know, Cowboy Bebop, mm -hmm. you know, airing and whatnot, but, like, anime wasn't the biggest, you know, as big as it is now in Western audiences, and, and The Matrix was really, like, this... It's kind of crazy that they would take so much inspiration from stuff like that and then make a movie that is so weird, mm -hmm. but but so much fun um, and have it be such a huge critical and, and popular success. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, The Matrix is great. Uh, do you want to give me like your, your background with The Matrix like, I'm, like we did before? Yeah, background with The Matrix. Um, my brother growing up was a huge... <laughs> huge fan of um of this franchise i'm pretty sure he was neo once for halloween <laughs> like i vividly remember him like wearing like a trench coat and like all black and like shades and stuff guns and, uh, in his pockets and stuff yeah and it I, was... I almost want to be neo for, for <laughs> halloween it'd be pretty cool that's, that's a pretty decent idea um and at the time of this coming out i mean i, I think like when it came out i think i had roughly no awareness of this um i think it wasn't until i think it, honestly it probably wasn't until um matrix reloaded makes matrix revelation the mm -hmm. two sequels that came out in 2003 for this that was when like, i really had an awareness of it um and you know just would like see it everywhere see ads for it everywhere and all that good stuff um and yeah i never really fully watched it like yeah. uh whenever i would like hang out with my brother like it would kind of be on in the background and i didn't really pay too much attention to it at the time um so honestly actually watching it for this show is just kind of like the first time mm -hmm. i ever sat down and gave yeah. it a, like, a thorough watch and i'm really glad i did and that's also like one of the main reasons why i wanted to do this series is just like you know giving these movies this you know taking a look at them now right. where i feel like i'm at like you know the height of like actually you know viewing films as art mm -hmm. and you know taking in cinema it's it's great and this is i'm very grateful i was able to do that same same here like the last like the two movies we were talking about tonight like are movies that i've like i haven't seen in forever like just like dan here seeing it for this show was basically my first time ever watching the matrix like i remember I remember, like, I, I, I think, like, my family was watching The Matrix in, like, 1999 or 2000 when it must have come out on video, and I was three or four years old, and just, like, seeing bits and pieces in there, you know, obviously so many scenes from this movie that are, like, pop culture icon, mm -hmm. you know, iconography, um, but, like, watching it again for this first time was really mind-blowing, just how much it holds up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, this, this movie's pretty pretty dang good I, I was so excited actually like it made me like very excited when i finished it like i was just like pumped up like, yeah hell yeah this it's good to it's good to have an opportunity like the like this and the iron giant probably would have been two movies 
Although I, I would have wanted to watch him, I maybe would have never like kind of gotten around to watching again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm glad we were able to do this and then talk about them. Definitely, they're really both stellar movies. But uh, I think we should kind of delve into you know film iconography with this movie because I mean oh, yeah. like right from the get go, the scene with uh, Trinity. Trinity, yes, when she is you know being chased down by the agents, and you just get that bit where she just like jumps up and it just stops uh-huh. and the camera, and camera just like around. tilts around her and then she goes and kicks like who doesn't know that scene i feel like even if you've never seen this you know that like even and and maybe not even from this movie maybe you've never seen that part from this movie mm-hmm. but like you've seen that parodied somewhere absolutely i think they like we me and my girlfriend have been watching through the Scream movies as well as the scary movies kind of like Scream and then you know then we'll watch scary movie and then Scream 2 um, I believe in either Scary Movie 1 or 2, they definitely did that move. Where, mm-hmm. like, the character jumped up and kicked, you know, Ghostface or whatever it was. I vividly remember that. In right? The trailer for that. Like, it's de- they definitely did that. And I'm sure that, that uh, you know, that kind of kick has been parodied. And Family Guy's probably done it. You know, like, every there's yeah. probably so many different points you can pull from. Um, but, yeah, that, that intro scene to this movie is so great. It really just sets the pace for everything mm-hmm. so incredibly well. Um, I kind of love how not that much of a backstory to Neo there is in this. He basically yeah. just sees a hacker. Um, you know, Morpheus is on to the fact that he's, you know, is aware of their, you know, organization. It's like kind of like, you know, uncovering the truth a little mm-hmm. bit about the Matrix and they just seek him out. Yeah, I really love that about this. Like, they set you up with the Matrix and, like, the team and everything and Morpheus and everyone. And then, like, they, like, like you said, they don't really delve into uh, Neo's background, mm-hmm. like, at all. And I love that. But, I, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense because, like, really he doesn't have a background, right? Because right. like, he is living in the Matrix. But I feel like a worse filmmaker or, like, a worse movie would start this, like, this movie would, you could see a... a, a version of this movie where it starts with him doing his day job or whatever and then like uncovering this secret whatever you know like the the system or whatever but how it's handled here is actually so smart you just get one scene of that and that one scene directly leads into him having direct interaction Mm -hmm. with Morpheus yeah which is awesome and it's done very well it doesn't feel you know haphazard and kind of clunky or anything like it's it's pulled off very well. Yeah. Um, what else? Where do you, where do we want to go from here? Um, but I think yeah, just I mean, overall experience like with watching this is like I mean, uh, what are like some of your biggest highlights from watching this? Like, is there is there anything that basically is there anything that uh, you think has kind of still holds up and is like really good on a visual standpoint a conceptual standpoint or and is there anything that you think is kind of um kind of bad like maybe didn't age as well basically like a pros and cons of the matrix so yeah. i think there's like you can there really is a lot of that viewing this movie on its 20th anniversary because I, I, I think there is i think there's more good than bad but definitely. there definitely are like in some visual elements it's sort of like I'm glad that we've kind of progressed from this, mm-hmm. but it is still good for its time. Honestly, I was pretty surprised by a lot of the the, the computer-generated effects in this movie. Like, I honestly thought they looked 
way better than I expected. Especially like the there's a scene where they they put the little the the worm into his oh, stomach. Oh, that scene is great. Um, the bu- they put the bug into his stomach and like that was actually like pretty legitimately good, like like convincing. Um, and there are parts like obviously like when they're outside of the matrix and they're in their little ship and then like those drone things come by you know the the ai machines yeah. that looks very cartoony. that stuff does look a little bad but it doesn't look it honestly doesn't look as bad as i would have expected it's kind of weird uh i feel like movies in like the early 2000s i feel like we haven't made that big of a leap in cgi just because like you honestly just, yeah there's so much now like obviously like movies it's, it's it's so great because like movies in the late '90s and early 2000s, like it was so expensive to use CGI, mm-hmm. and like people weren't as used to it, especially like using it in in real life film, like live action film, and so they would get creative and like they wouldn't use as much CGI and they would use more you know real like you know like real uh, effects, um, whereas now it's just like everything CGI, and I think. Back then, like it, it, it honestly doesn't look as bad as I would have expected. No, um, you know, maybe the CGI budget all went into like these very pinpointed, you know, like few scenes or whatever. Whereas now, like everything would have been CGI, and you know, um, but honestly, I was I was pretty surprised by the effect work. Um, obviously, like I, I think the the bullet time stuff looks a little hokey, especially with, like, all the bullets with, like, their, like, the rings around them, like, as, like, their, yeah. you know, piercing the air or whatever kind of effect that is. That, that kind of looks a little hokey. Um, but, you know, in terms of, like, the actual effects and the fighting and the action scenes, like, this movie pulled all that stuff off pretty well. It's great. It, you're right. It does strike a really good balance of... And something that I wish modern films to take a cue from it strikes a good balance of practical and yes, cgi yes. which is sadly rare mm-hmm. in films now um whereas like you get movies that also made by warner brothers much like this one where it just becomes this cgi clusterfuck where everything on the screen is cgi every, it's all just murky looking and, every final battle of a dc movie yeah ever, you know of the recent dc movies. portions of it chapter two where you get like right. these creatures that are just horrendously animated yeah. i mean it's it's interesting that you i mean it's like is there that much of a quality difference between say those you know cybernetic aliens right. in the matrix and the old woman from it chapter two i mean it's really there's really not that i mean like what really looks better it's kind of crazy right um i feel like there was a point when cgi was getting really good in like the early 2010s and then like now today like i see a lot of stuff and i just kind of go it doesn't look as good as i would expect it to like with marvel movies and stuff right um but it, it you know going back to like the matrix um i i do love the scenes that like like nearing the end when they when they enter the the sky rise and how everything is just getting blasted away like oh my god all that stuff like today you you could see that scene and every, you know that none of the none of that set would actually one be real mm-hmm. and two like even if it was like all the concrete getting blasted away like none of that would be real it would all just be CGI and and 
Um, it really is a testament to this movie. I really love that this movie was made in 1999 and was able to like breathe with real practical effects. Absolutely. Um, or like that, that gunfight scene with uh, Neo and Trinity where they're, they enter that building yeah. and like, you know, just the entire building around them is just like crumbling. They're like yeah. using everything as like a shield basically. Yeah. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, just seeing this environment get destroyed and like, you know, it's Literally just one on one, like very over the top battle in such a confined area, and, and it's it, pulled off so well. And like the Wachowskis obviously knew it too, because at the end of that scene, like they walk through the, or they go up the elevator or whatever, and it cuts back to the the um, the lobby, and yeah. just everything is crumbling, and there's like one piece of like <laughs> cement that just like falls. It was like the last, you know, the last piece of cement that hadn't been broken off already. It's so cool. It's such a great scene. I love that bit. It's super funny. Um, And I think, yeah, just thematically, like, I think this movie... One of the things that, like, really impressed me about The Matrix is that it's it's super accessible, but it also just has, like, so much to it. Mm -hmm. There's so much nuance. There's so much, like, added layers to this film. A lot of philosophy in this movie. A lot of philosophy. (laughs) I was reading that... The Wachowskis actually made the cast, like, read a bunch of, like, I think, like, three books that really? they kind of viewed as, like, their manifesto towards the philosophy of this film, hmm. and that they, like, didn't want the respective cast if they didn't actually, like, read those yeah, books or were committed they to it. No surprise Keanu was, like, all about oh, it. I'm he sure. was just, like, oh, yeah. so into it. He said, I read all three of them within a week and like <laughs> stuff like that which is so unsurprising but I heard uh, Carrie Ann Moss kind of had like a hard time with it yeah. but it's just so interesting it's it's so interesting that that was even a thing and that like you know that they put this it, it, that it can go in either way and um, it's just like also interesting too just like you know seeing how reflective of culture and society now and just you know internet being used for crime or being mm-hmm. used for you know just you name it hackers in society as a whole and just like you know kind of just how way ahead of the curve you need right. like talking about right. that this was i mean obviously it's been much more of a sci-fi like sci-fi you know fantastic sense but nobody was really talking about that at that yeah. time nobody really i mean it, like the internet was still such a such an in its infancy mm-hmm. at that time and uh it's like really just such a massive thing literally controlling you know almost how everybody you know right. goes about their daily life now yeah that's a movie really preceded that and yeah. like really you know addressed that way before anything else did way ahead of the curve um it's one of the interesting things about this movie is that that is one of the things that dates it so much is it's like portrayal of the internet oh, and, yeah. and using like telephones and their little Nokia cell phones. And oh whatnot. my god, that was um, so great! But I love all that stuff. You know, it's like the amazing. fact that they have to go into phone booths to to like uh, disconnect from the Matrix is such a wow. Like I, I know they're they're in the process of making like a fourth movie, and I wonder like, is it going to be set? now like or like well i guess it can't be right um but maybe because i mean like i'm thinking unless they're rebooting it like or maybe it's just because i mean they do firmly acknowledge that it's 1999 uh-huh. in this movie because there's that bit where um neo basically gets birthed like before right. he gets birthed right, right. which I, we're gonna talk about that scene a little bit more because i that scene is amazing yeah, yeah. um where he says 
Actually, no, it's before he's offered, speaking of iconography and film, red pill, blue pill. Yes. I mean, my God, it's especially in recent, you know, days, it's mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, yeah, like, he, he says, like, you know, to you it is 1999, but once you enter the Matrix, it's you're practically living in 2139. Yeah. So, I mean... I think that'd be very interesting if in the fourth one we just see these characters again, but they are aged now. They are right. set in modern times. I think that'd be really great. I, in wonder, all I wonder what they're going to do with that. I would almost be disappointed if it's a reboot, actually. Mm-hmm. Because I just think... Well, I, we'll have to see how yeah. the third one shakes out. That's true. You know, I hear the third movie is not very good. But, but just uh, conceptually, I think this this first one obviously is a product of its time, but I think in a very endearing way. Yeah. I think it works to its benefit. Definitely. And it's good. Like, it it really shouldn't be a movie that, you know, could be made now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great about it. Yeah. But, um, no, it'll be interesting, for yeah. sure. But, yeah, no, like, um, it's just chock full of just, like, super great, memorable scenes. Um, I think that bit, though, going back to you after... Uh, Neo takes a red pill, decides to, you know, see Morpheus out what his, like, prophecies are, like, what he's seen and what he can learn from him. He basically is essentially birthed into the Matrix. He's in this... Well, out of the Matrix. Uh, right? Out of the out Matrix, of the yeah. He is, you know, strapped into these cords from, like, these, like, robot this, creatures. Like, and... bat, like, almost like a, you know, space bathtub or something that like is just like filled with this gel that has been keeping him and all the rest of the humans alive it's such an interesting concept yeah that like the and it it, like you said it's so ahead of its time it it actually kind of reminded me like a little bit of like terminator Mm -hmm. where like the ai has taken over so like the con the concept in this movie is that like humans built ai sometime around like 1999 and then like later on the ai took over and like that's why the matrix matrix exists is mm-hmm. because like the ai has taken over and everyone is actually in these like deep dark pods underneath the world like basically like in the sewers uh of what it was the actual earth and um like um so it, it just reminded me of little, like terminator where like the ai has taken over um i don't know i totally just blanked but um yeah, uh... It's great. And then for another, you know, just... In relating to the concept of this film, it's, like, been made very evident that a lot of this movie and just that whole, like, you know, thought process of, like, you know, being connected to one world mm-hmm. your entire life, but, like, actually having, right. you know, another is just straight up an analogy for the Wachowskis themselves having oh, yeah. since transition oh, I didn't since even think the about making that. of this film. Yeah. Um essentially and like they <laughs> flat out said in interviews, like the Matrix basically is just like it was kind of their and coming did they, out. Did they both? They, they both, both did, have... yeah. Because I know for a long time it was just one of them, right? Yeah. Um, um that's essentially like what like just like another layer to this film yeah. was it was wow. them like telling a tale of that's awesome you know finding their identity yeah. but in this way huh. it's great that's wild that's really cool like I did in that lens um, I also I was surprised by just how much this movie is like kind of low key for a lot of it like you get that first initial 
action scene with um, Carrie Ann Moss, and then for like an hour or so, there's like very little uh, action. Like you get like snippets with um, the I love the kung fu scene, you know, where uh, he's Neo's facing off against Morpheus. And yeah, I thought that scene's really great. But like, it really isn't until like very near the end where you get the big payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like what a great ride it is. Like I, I loved the, the low keyness of it. Like I loved all the philosophical stuff and him going in and meeting, um, who was the woman that he meets? Um, yeah. the, uh, prophet or something. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if that's <clears throat> what she was actually called, but, um, they, they go and he goes and meets some woman who like basically tells him like, well, you're not actually the one. Like, she's supposed to, like, know everything and, and see everything. Um, and and it contradicts, like, all that you've come to learn. And it's, like, a really good twist up to that point. It is. Um, yeah, I really liked how, how this movie was paced. It didn't feel like it was two, like nearly two and a half hours long. Oh, no. It flies by. Yeah. How do you feel about the performances in this? Because I feel like there's just really strong performances yeah. on all fronts, especially from Hugo Weaving. I yes. really, really Agent love Smith. Agent Smith. Agent Smith is what a great villain. He's got to be like one of the best villains of like modern movies, right? Like, Absolutely. Um, what an iconic, and then again, like another like iconic character, and you know, just iconic piece of this movie. Um, he's great. He's really amazing. Keanu also is is a standout. Um, yeah, every, everyone's honestly really good in this. Joe Pantoli, what's his name? Pantoliano. Pantoliano. Yeah. He's such a sleaze bag, like always, but he's he's good. Um, yeah, there's like really no one who who didn't who like just came off as like iffy or, or you know anything less than pretty pretty damn good. Going right back to what you were saying with uh, you know kind of. It having its sort of like you know quiet moments yeah. and everything. It's I'm glad they went in that route because I feel like if this was made by other filmmakers, it wouldn't have done that. Like it imagine just, Michael Bay's The Matrix. Oh God, it just would have been all just like you know Cybertronic shit and like you know. Goofy. This movie would have been made in slow motion. It would have been so goofy, <laughs> right? and it's it, it just is like such a testament to the Wachowskis, like having that and realizing that you know. Because I'm sure they had the sequels planned mm-hmm. in advance of this, or had an idea of what they wanted to do for Reloaded and Revelations, but it, it's just such a good way of like building up the world that they build up, and like yeah. so needed, and that's just as intriguing as just having yeah. you know fight scenes and gunplay and what have you. And then when those moments come in, it just feels so much more fulfilling. Yeah, definitely. Um, were there any like big standout moments for you? Um, the birth scene, as we mentioned before, I love that. I think it's such a great concept. I think, um, honestly, just, like, pretty much the whole third act, like, where it really gets cooking, where they save Morpheus and just the fight between Agent Smith and Neo is all just terrific. So good. And, like, the train scene, like, it just keeps going, and, like, I I just wanted it to go further and longer. Seriously, it could have been longer in all seriousness, yeah. and I still would have been glued to my seat yeah. and just like really thrilled with what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved the part, the scene where uh, they they were in the Matrix and they were. It's a, what 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 were they doing? Like when when they're I think it might have been after they went and Neo met with the woman, um, the prophet or whatever her name is. 
and they they're coming back and then uh you know they they get like re- like they get realized and like Aiden Smith is after them or whatever and mm-hmm. like they're crawling through the uh the inner walls of that apartment building mm-hmm. and i thought that just like that was oh, such amazing. a like such a great part it's a very minor scene but i just really love the way it was shot and directed but i love the scene where morpheus is taking Neo through the city and he encounters a lady in red and yes. the lady in red is just like one of the agents and yes. you know just snaps his fingers and realizes you know it's a decoy that he mm-hmm. needs to like constantly be on his toes yes. in this world it's that that scene I really love a lot mm-hmm. just like everything about that the way it's just structured I love like the little like instrumental bit of the score that's played during it it's just so fucking cool yeah. I like that character too the one who like made the lady in red yeah um, he's great that guy's really great I love his like little bit where he's like he's like basically selling off the lady in red yeah. to Neo like for like a like his own like little weird prostitution like AI prostitution or whatever um, they're all just sitting around and eating their protein <laughs> gruel or yeah. whatever the hell that looks super gross really great side character like Cast of side characters. Absolutely. Um, like Tank, as we were talking about before yes. we started recording, what a great character. Basically, just like, you know, the he is like kind of like their own personal hacker. He yeah. has all their skills. All of that bit where Neo is kind of, you know, strapped into the chair for the first time. He's like, he's going to give me two taijutsu skills. Yeah. And he's going to give me taekwondo skills. Yeah. And he's just like, you know... Hacking, hacking away it and yeah. like loading it all into Neo. It's amazing. I love... There's nothing I love more than movie hacking. Where just like it's just a character sitting behind a keyboard and just like intensely typing. typing. <laughs> um, that is just some of the funniest stuff. Um, yeah. Do, do we want to get into spoiler? Or yeah. like how do you want to do that? Do you want to... Well, we've, we've been... I mean... I think we've talked about it for like twenty eight minutes. Let's uh, yeah, let's get into some. Do you want to do you want to give a score first? Yeah, um, I think you know honestly, I think I'd be hard pressed to kind of give this like anything less than like probably an eight and a half or nine. Um, I think I'm sitting more towards eight and a half. Um, because yeah, it's just it's just a solid ass action movie. Mm -hmm. It's just I mean better than solid. I'm kind of underrating it there in that statement i think it's really good Honestly, it's so I, well made i think i would go like a nine on this i, I really again that's like iron giant where i'm just i don't know if there was anything that i really disliked about it i thought it was super engrossing the action was great the characters are all you know extremely well written and the acting is is up to par as well mm-hmm. the directing like there's so many I- iconic scenes and sequences uh, the movie looks pretty great, uh, you know, cinematography-wise. I love the green filter that's, like, yeah. always on the camera every time that they're in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. It's it's subtle, but it always proves its point. Yep. Whenever you're there, like, you know you're there. And, like, whenever you're not, you know you're outside mm-hmm. of it. Which, which is, is just, great. like, it's just, like, another one of those things that influenced all of... Hollywood at that time like there's so many movies in the early 2000s that just always came with this blue green hue on the camera like every scene you know mm-hmm. um, but in the matrix it works because it uh, it's giving you that the dis you know you're connecting the the green hue with the when they're actually in the matrix right um, so it works there um, yeah the movie's so it's so so good 
It is. It's really, it's really great. Um, so yeah, let's get into some some, some spoilers. I Definitely guess, for this twenty year old movie. Yeah, which I mean, maybe you haven't seen it. I yeah. feel like I feel like we're kind of in the minority. I'm like seriously having not seen this. Like I feel like it's it's kind of amazing how it's just like it's just such old news to a lot of people, but <laughs> yeah. it like desperately needs to be revisited. I feel mm-hmm. if it hasn't been, you know, because I mean yeah. it's, I mean I. You could say that, like, I mean, also linking to Keanu, I mean, like, would we have John Wick if it wasn't for, for these movies? I mean, yeah. not only just in the sense of, like, his star power and him being in that role, but, I mean, there's some cues taken from this in those movies. Yeah. I mean, I, I think maybe done a little bit better, I yeah. would say, in terms of, like, the fighting and gunplay and gun, all that the stuff. The You can kind of, like, you know, putting, like, I, I, like, imagine if, like, something like this had that level of, you know, gun food in, like, a scene, <laughs> maybe in Matrix 4. Yeah. That shit would be kind of nuts. Yeah. It'd be cool to see them kind of toy around with that. I mean, it, it's, like, this movie is, it, I think its action is actually so, so good. Mm. Um, especially during this time, like, I... I feel like in the early 2000s, late 90s, like, action movies were kind of being, becoming stale. Like, if I think of any, you know, like, I, I just feel like a lot of it was bare bones kind of shooting at guys, you know, high yeah. cover shoot, you know, whatever. And we're kind of coming off the phase of, you know, Arnold being in pretty much right, everything. Right, exactly. And just like... You know... Like, can, a lot of the old guard, basically mm-hmm. the Expendables type, right, you right. know action star like this is like kind of like the first pivot away from big muscly guy yeah. and then like we're getting into this and then also superhero movies and like, it's so refreshing it's so, yeah like the movie is, is like it handles its action really well which was kind of surprising i kind of expected it not to hold up just because of like all the gun foo stuff and like i wasn't sure if all that stuff would actually you know, be convincing in 2019, but it... Yeah, admittedly, I didn't either. I kind of, like, ex- expected going into this to kind of find a lot of it a little bit goofy. Yeah. And there are goofy moments, but, I mean, it's just... It's still endearing. It's pretty cool, And it's though. cool. Like, and, it, like, its aesthetics are just... It works for the yeah. movie. It but, works for being, you know, so of its time. What, what's your favorite gun-fu moment? Uh, gotta be, like, like still that lobby scene i yeah. love that scene like any any specific incredible. like bit because i'm thinking of like when he has the he has like an m16 in his hand yeah. and he does the like cartwheel no, and that's he's still shooting a hundred percent what so i was gonna say cool. it's, it's amazing so cool. he like literally just like does like a handstand and yeah does that. it's, it's so perfect great. it's so it's like it really is silly mm-hmm. but it, it, it it works so well in this movie and then trinity kind of like walking up the walls <laughs> during it and, all, all the like running across walls and shooting guys and double pistols and these little mini uzis and everything it's so cool it is such a such a good looking movie Mm -hmm. Um, and all the characters are just so striking and all you know all the violence is is really great Um, in terms of like spoilers like what do you want to talk about really um I think this like you know Honestly, I mean, I think we. I, I think there's really not like. There's not really much. I mean, I think like we kind of covered like a good amount. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like I, I guess we could give away like you know, like the entire end of the movie, but I don't necessarily feel like doing yeah, that. Yeah, I, I just think the the final fight between him and Agent Smith is like so great. It's great. Um, between like just even like the, 
helicopter scene when when they're in the helicopter. Oh, that's amazing! And I I love the part where they jump out of the helicopter and that explosion. Actually, this is one of my favorite moments when the helicopter hits that uh, skyscraper and like that. Those effects were amazing. Where like the the glass is reverbing and it's yeah. like like um, it's almost like a tidal wave of glass and then it explodes. That looked amazing. It was incredible, especially for twenty years old. I I love the whole bit with Neo saving Morpheus and they're just dangling from the yeah, helicopter yeah. and just kind of going through the city until mm-hmm. he like you know finds a safe spot for yeah. Morpheus to land and. Just like I'm like watching that, I'm like wondering, like, is that Keanu and Fishburne doing that? Maybe not Fishburne, but I could see Keanu probably committing to that, doing that stuff. Keanu definitely. Um, I was trying to like look out for if I could tell when it was Keanu or not, because like obviously with John Wick, he's like really hands on with the uh, with the. Um, the stunts, mm-hmm. but I but it was kind of hard to tell. They do a really good job of masking the actor like when it's doing really crazy stuff like when they're doing the gun foo um so it's kind of hard to tell like they do a lot of overhead shots um but no like i I wouldn't be surprised if he was doing a lot of his stunts back then too reading up on this actually and like kind of going off of that um keanu actually suffered like a leg injury Mm -hmm. during the filming of this and i didn't really think about this or realize this while watching it but explicitly like he doesn't really kick that often in this or like when he did they maybe needed a double because like he did something and just kind of fucked up his leg i think he also like fucked up his neck during the making of this hugo weaving had like a they had to get like a hip surgery from like doing some of the scenes in this like a lot of those dudes like hugo weaving was pretty hands-on with the stuff in this which is pretty awesome that's awesome um but yeah they ended up kind of paying for it a little bit mm-hmm. which sucks but i mean that's just good on them yeah. amazing you know commitment to this film also a bit of like you know just kind of fun facts towards this who do you think or do you know who was originally cast to play neo i don't know who would i think like i, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like tom cruise or something i um, totally off I'll, a little bit. I'm just going to give you one more hint. Brad it's Pitt? somebody who was very much a 90s action star at the time already. Still Rambo? is one today. Like Stallone? No. no. Um, Christian Slater. Literally has a movie coming out, I think, next week. Next week? Willem Dafoe? No. <laughs> I'm thinking of The Lighthouse. <laughs> it, was, it was supposed to be Will Smith. Oh, Will Smith, of course. Gemini Man. And then uh, Val Kilmer was supposed to be wow. Morpheus. Really? Yeah. Wow. That I... was the original casting for this movie, Ooh. but uh, Will Smith opted out of doing this to do Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we maybe we should add Wild Wild West to the 1999 <laughs> Um, wow, that's that would have been a isn't that incredible? Really different movie. It really would have. Um, Having more like I could maybe see Neo being Will Smith or being a different actor, but having Morpheus not be Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, I can't see Val. It's just not right. I mean, like, yeah, like no, it just it would be off. Hmm. And I I think the casting that we got is just so perfect. I love I one thing. One thing I want to know is how they keep those little glasses on Lawrence Fishburne's face. Right? They don't have... They don't have... Oh, but he just pops them on and they're yeah. just there. 
That's some special effects work right there. That is. Um, yeah. So, The I Matrix. I love The Matrix. A classic? Yeah, definitely. I agree. Holds up. Phenomenal movie. Downright classic. 20 years down the road. And, uh... Still influencing action movies to this day. I don't think you'll ever really scrub the fingerprints of the Matrix off of action movies. <laughs> right, seriously. Like, you think about how many movies and get, like Max Payne. Max Payne probably wouldn't exist without the Matrix, right? Like, no. the whole time and all that stuff, and like how that game is literally based around you just like diving to the right or left and shooting stuff. Like, that's, that's another thing, too. It's like, I wonder if the Wachowskis were conscious of that, that, you know, even just in scenes like that, that the influence of this would extend past mm-hmm. just action movies and right. films that like because i mean it's just something straight out of a video game yeah but nobody was doing that right. there wasn't like you know i mean this was still we were still in the era of like you know playstation one and n64 like where mm-hmm. you know you didn't have like the capability to like achieve yeah. graphics like that in games and it's like i wonder if they knew that they would you know <laughs> right. end up doing that end up like influencing even that mm-hmm. It's crazy. Before we get off it, I have to, we have to talk about one scene we have to talk about, and maybe probably the most iconic scene of this movie is when he does the the he bends back. Mm-hmm. What would you think? What do you think in twenty nineteen? Does that still hold up when he bends back and to get all the way of the bullets? It's goofy, but I love it. It's it's good. I actually watched a video recently, um, on YouTube that was like about the making of that scene and how they had to do it. Um, and it was like so uh, revolutionary for its time. Yeah, and it, it is. It is really a crazy effect how how they do that. That's kind of like burned into my memory is seeing either a commercial or a trailer, and then they right. just a like, huge emphasis on like you hear like a boom, right? It's right. like you know, leaning back and all the bullets are going. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. It really was. That is really is a revolutionary scene for that time. But it's good. It's good. It's good. It's really fun. It it's, is it's super cool. Um, yeah, Matrix is great. Yep, super, absolutely. Super good. Direct classic. Um, and yeah, the most nineteen ninety nine film of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. What a better way to start off this series. So much leather. Absolutely, but uh, yeah. 1999 month, Infinite Canvas Ultra episode 11. We're going to take a little break, wrap things up with Q&A and shoutouts. Stick around. Welcome back, everybody. Infinite Canvas Ultra episode 11, part one of 1999 month. And uh, we are to my favorite portion of the show, like we are every week. Q&A, where we hear from you, the adoring public. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael you do the honors of reading this week's question yeah i actually have a question not one posed to us necessarily but one i was posed to by my brother in person uh the other shout day out to patrick. shout out to patrick who asked uh what movie would you men in black memory wipe that being in you know obviously in men in black when they use the little uh device to memory wipe somebody what would you men in black and he he made sure that i mentioned men in black uh, what would you memory wipe so you could watch it again for the first time? What movie? If um, you could pick any movie to just see over for the first time again. And I want to take this question and kind of bend it in two yeah. different ways. One, where it's something that we love and want to maybe just like view for the first mm-hmm. time again. And maybe something that we just utterly hate and yes. just want to like forget that we ever watched and just remove that from our... Call know, up Tommy Lee Jones and memory wipe this movie. For entire me. memory. I don't yeah. even want to remember it. So let's start off with the positives. Um, I, I think... Uh, 
I think I would like to get mind wiped and see Good Time for the first time. <laughs> Working in our weekly <laughs> yep, plug. We got it time. in there, of course. But uh, no, actually, serious answer. I think um, honestly, I would really like to get mind wiped and watch Birdman again for the Ooh. first time because that is a movie that I really stand by and love quite yeah. a bit. But I find that so many people just like feel the need to shit on and hate. I would and maybe I think it would be interesting to just kind of like see yeah. that movie now. Yeah. With like the amount of films that I've seen since it came out and just kind of view it in like mm-hmm. that new perspective and see if I still feel the same way about it that I I do when it came out. Right. As when it came out. That would almost <laughs> That popped into my head when thinking about movies I would mind wipe because I don't like them and don't want oh, to think about my God. them. So that's funny. That's not my Fucked answer, up. though. <laughs> the movie I would like to memory wipe so that I could watch it again for the first time would be probably Dawn of the Dead, uh, George Romero's original film. Um, I saw that movie f- for the first time and watched it over and over again as a kid, uh, probably aging around like 10 or so mm-hmm. first time I saw it and that's just my favorite movie of all time um and I I, I would love to have you know I, I just know that movie inside and out it's just like one of those movies that like I could quote so much of it I could tell you what's going to happen next throughout the entire thing I would love to have the opportunity to watch that again having no idea what it was and I would love to know what I would think about it for yeah. the first time you know um, and I think my brother actually said that that would probably be his as well, but you know, that's, I think that's actually both of our favorite movies. That's awesome. Um, yeah, definitely Dawn of the Dead for me, uh, in that version of this question. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have one you would, or do you have any more for, uh, um, that you'd like to watch again? I think, uh, revisiting or seeing... Uh, for the first time, because it's honestly one of the first movies I was ever exposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Reservoir Dogs. I think seeing oh. that for the first time ever at 24 would yeah. be very interesting. Yeah. And just, like, having that. I mean, it's a movie that is, like, so ingrained in me. And, like, I knew just, like, everything about it from so early on in my life that it would right. be kind of interesting to just have all that taken away yeah, and just it's, it's view a- it as an utterly fresh experience. Because I would say, like, that... And probably clerks, in all honesty, and all just because of my brother. And, you know, being a young kid with, like, a brother in his, you know, teen years, of course, those movies were on quite a bit Mm -hmm. in the house. Like, maybe clerks, too, also. I feel like those were, like, the two movies, like, like those two movies in particular, they're just, like, so a part of me. And, like, I just, like, know them, like, so much that it would be interesting to see them again. Yeah. That's exactly where I'm coming at with Dawn of the Dead. Just mm-hmm. like, I just want to see this again. I want, like, new eyes to see it, you know? And also just in general. Like, I have, I don't remember the last time I watched Clerics. I think mm-hmm. I was, like, probably in, like, high school. Like, it would be kind of interesting to see that again now. Yeah. And see if, like, I still enjoy it. That one, you know? I'm, I'm wondering if that would even hold up. Because it's, like, interesting viewing the work of Kevin Smith past... Yeah teenaged um like adolescence like it it doesn't hold up at all actually the time we're recording this uh his new the new jay and silent bob comes out this week i think in theaters no shit i totally didn't even realize that i thought they were still in production on that no yeah and there's they're working up on clerks 3 i believe i i saw recently that doesn't need to happen um yeah that really doesn't need to happen mm, just stick with 
podcasting and being yeah. an all-around great guy. I like, I like Kevin Smith. He's <laughs> Me a, too. He is a cool guy. I love him. Um, he's And Jason Mewes. He's, he's also he's written cool some too. decent comics before yeah. in the past. And yeah, shout out to Jason Mewes. But yeah, I think it's just kind of... I think that moment has just sort of passed, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, um, hey... You gotta do what you gotta do. You yeah. gotta do what you love. And I'm not gonna begrudge Kevin Smith of that. He loves making films still, so have I, at it. I think Reservoir Dogs is a great answer, especially because it, like, you don't know that twist. Mm-hmm. Like, and that twist, that the twist in that movie is actually really good. Like, trying to figure out who is the, you know, who is the rat, right? Also seeing that torture scene for the first oh, time, which God. is one of the most jarring scenes yeah. in cinematic it's history, in my opinion. It's is horrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think this this question is rife with, you know, potential answers for movies that, like, have big twists. Like, maybe, you know, probably people would say, like, The Usual Suspects or something, you know, like, movies that, like, are known for their twist. Um, I would maybe go with, like, The Thing. John Carpenter's Ooh. The Thing, I think, would be a great one to watch. Um, yeah, just seeing all those practical effects. Like, I would love to see that movie for the first time and, like, just awe like in awe at those practical effects and then like that movie again like is very uh like edge of your seat near the end when they're doing like the test with the blood samples oh, like, yeah. that that scene is so so good it's such a great high tension moment i think still in my opinion maybe the scariest scene in any movie is the defibrillator scene <laughs> that always freaks me oh, the fuck out see, it's so every good. time like oh. that is like like movies don't really scare me yeah but that scares the shit out of yeah. me every time just like the sound just seeing like the body cavity open up just the that sound effect is just like burn into my yeah. memory forever it scares me so, every so time it's amazing um yeah what what do you do you have any more do you want to move on to like a movie with memory wipe because it sucks i think i think let's go on to the yeah. memory wipe because it sucks portion um <laughs> i would probably this is this is honestly like dual purpose because it is what I view to be the room of comic book films, but I would love to memory wipe the 2015 Fantastic Four movie from my memory, yeah. but also to revisit it for ironic purposes. Yeah, like see it for the first time. It's so fucking funny. You know what? The room would actually be a really good answer for the it first would. part of this question because, like, really I mean, and I only I only saw it for the first time just a few years ago when we saw it at Music Box, but like. I would love to redo that again and see it for the first time at Music Box because that was such to not know the twist of that an ama- movie. Yeah, right, <laughs> that was such an amazing experience, especially for the first time seeing it in that that uh, venue and with that crowd and everything. And that movie is just so great. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, just seeing that movie again for the first time would be amazing. Um, but yeah, that Fantastic Four movie is pretty bad, huh? We we need to watch that one. Yeah, day. I still haven't seen it. I've come across a couple of copies of my job. I should rep yeah, one. Yeah, are they on clearance for like 25 cents or something? Pretty much, yeah. Um, it's just like, it seriously is so terrible, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, before I get into this again, into the second part of this question, The Dark Knight would also probably be a really great movie to see for the oh, first yeah. time again. Um, which brings me into... I was going to say, especially in light of the Joker, yes. like, imagine seeing 
that for the first time now, you know, as opposed the to Dark like, oh, as yeah. opposed to the Joker, like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like I don't know. That's just it's night and day. No pun intended. It, it's yeah, it's insane. Maybe this is you know. I'm sure there are other movies I could think of, but there's just been no movie I've had such vitriol for any like <laughs> recently than 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 the Joker. I just. Joker I, I, keeps it going. I, I honestly wish that movie never came out. Wow. I honestly wish I'd never seen it and wish it just never happened. I'm probably gonna be seeing it again this week, actually. I I will have my final thoughts. I, I, I hope you get sick again. After oh god, I hope not. <laughs> after sitting with it in the last week and just like hearing a lot of think pieces and podcasts and everything, I'm still pretty cool with it. I still like it. I will be interested. And I'll report back and how I feel about it after seeing mm-hmm. it again. But, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, as you were saying. <laughs> no, I, that, that's basically it. I just, uh, it's caused this rift between myself and my girlfriend. <laughs> um, and I, I, cause she just loves it so much and I despise it so much. And I, yeah, I would just rather have not have uh, had any opinion on that movie and just, yeah. Worst movie of the year in your opinion? It's no X Men. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst movie. Well, but thank like... God for that. <laughs> at least, at least you're not going that far. Yeah. With um, it. Yeah, it's at least not the worst movie I've seen this year, but it's maybe the movie I like the least. I would probably mind wipe Dark Phoenix from my memory. It's just, just slow, because it's, it's just taking up space that I could use for something else. Yeah, and it is sad because like those movies were. You know, pretty groundbreaking for their time, you know, especially like in the early 2000s superheroes. Like they're pre, you know, Iron Man and all that MCU and stuff. And even the first first class and, and um, Days of Future Past were so great. And to see these last two, the last two X Men movies have been such downers, especially this last one. Mm-hmm. Especially Dark Phoenix. I'm mixing this one notch further. Is there any, like, artist or like song or like album or anything that you wish you've never heard or maybe tv show you wish you'd never watched that you would love to get mind wiped because i would love to to like revisit it again not something i hate um i'm gonna go with hate on this one just because i just thought of one i I wish i could have just all of hobo johnson (laughs) for my my memory and just yeah just never know about it that'd be nice that is a I good idea without knowing I, him. Yeah, I don't think there's like another music artist I could think of that uh, that would be like a good answer for that. Um, I could think of like a TV show that I think would be good to like rewatch, and that would be like Lost. I would love to oh, watch yeah. Lost today. The Wire. That would be like I've never my... actually seen The Wire, so that's actually you know. I think for like positives for TV shows, The Wire and uh, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I've never actually finished all of Breaking Bad either. And I don't really know the ending of Breaking Bad. Good. Um, you, haven't, oh. you haven't watched the movie, have you? I have, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, excellent. It's, cool. it's excellent. It's excellent. Uh... Sorry to break into 2019 here. But... No, that's okay. <laughs> no, we're gonna, we're, I'm going to save more of my thoughts for me for the shout-outs. But yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I think Breaking Bad and The Wire, like those would definitely be two like great TV shows that I wish I could I could watch again. Yeah. Or... Yeah, yeah, I would like, you know, wipe from my memory right to, to... Right to rewatch. Visit, yeah. Yeah. Um, great question. Absolutely. Honestly. A lot lot to talk about with that one. Um, do we have any other questions? I don't think so, right? Yeah, I think it was just that one for yeah. this week. Um, 
So move on to shoutouts. Move on to shoutouts. What do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna start off with El Camino, a Breaking Bad story. I think that's probably like the yeah, full I title of that movie. Great, absolutely great. You're gonna get a. You're actually gonna get two mini reviews and shoutouts this week because yeah. I got another one that uh, is just a TV show that I'm gonna shout out. Cool. Um, yeah, so it, it's phenomenal. It's such a, if you're a fan of the series like I am, it's a great just bookend of the entire show. Um, don't watch it until you finish the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to Michael and any other listener who's maybe never watched all of Breaking Bad. Um, like, would I... Is it... Are you saying that because I wouldn't understand it? Or, like, because, like, you just want people to have... You you think people should have the entire... Well, on one end, <laughs> it would be really hard to understand without, like, watching the show and its completion. Sure. On the other hand, it's just rife with spoilers mm-hmm. so because i've been like interested in watching it because like i watched three seasons worth of breaking bad actually I, like i stopped right before the season finale of three mm-hmm. and then i just never i like stopped watching it at some point uh not because i didn't like it just because it, it just got away from me and then that was close closer to six seven years ago probably and if I were to watch any of that show, I would have to restart. Yeah. And so it's just like at this point, I think Breaking Bad is lost on me. Oh, no. Um, I, so I've I, been interested in almost like wanting to watch El Camino because I've heard such good things about it. I mean, maybe like, do so if you don't mind um, kind of like ruining yeah. some of the series for you. Yeah. And like I said, there are some parts where it's just kind of like, it might be like, well, what the hell is this? But like, I know like you as a viewer, like you can definitely just sort of like put two and two together right. and just kind of like piece it together yourself and it wouldn't really detriment mm-hmm. from the experience of watching it. Like yeah. you might be confused as some who like some people are, but like I don't think you would I don't think it would like really detract much for you. There's probably a video on YouTube somewhere that I could watch like as like a, a you know, here's a recap of every break you know, all of Breaking Bad so I can get into that movie. Yeah. Um, because I have been interested in it just because like it is like the thing right now. Like that's what everyone's talking about. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna endorse it further. Say it's a, it's an eight out of ten. I think yeah. it's great. It's oh, yeah. really awesome. I hear like, I hear what's his face. Um, Aaron Paul's really great. He's phenomenal. Yeah. And um, I might be speaking with a bias because that's one of my favorite TV shows ever. But it's just great regardless. And it's it's, it's really a good, good a good send off for the show. Like it's perfect. Like yeah. I feel like honestly that was the intent all along was to end the show in the way that they do. And then maybe bring this a little bit further down the road. Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels like this was a plan. Like, it's like, not tacked on. Not at all. Like, I think it was done with intent that you don't really get much of a finality to Jesse's story in the show. Mm-hmm. It just kind of leaves it very open-ended, and it it proved a point. Like, it, it served its purpose, and that is El Camino. Wow. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Apex Legends because they just dropped a new map uh, recently. Uh, season 3 started just like a week or two ago. And man, Apex Legends is still such a good game. Yeah. Um, what a, what a, I think that is the best. I think, I would say that's my favorite of the Battle Royale type games. Um, and yeah, I've just been playing a little bit with, with a friend of mine and, and just like, very slowly eking my way back into being just obsessed with that game like it's I was awesome. when it first came out. 
Um, what's your other, what's your other shout-out? Uh, my next shout-out is going to be to uh, Gendy Tretikovsky of oh, Samurai yes. Jack and Dexter's Laboratory fame. His uh, new... Dexter's Laboratory? Really? Yeah, he created Dexter. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, wow. he, I think this is a mini-series, I haven't looked into it, but, uh, It's like a five-part series, right? Yes, his, uh, new mini-series, Primal, which has been on Adult Swim, I've watched it every night this yeah, past week. Yeah, I think it was, like, a, it was a five-night thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's done, oh my god, it's yeah? terrific, it's absolutely terrific, it is... One of the most violent cartoons I think I've ever seen in my life. It is absolutely amazing. It it's a story about just this caveman named Spear, who um, ends up losing his family, and he ends up coming in contact with a dinosaur uh-huh. that literally lost its family in the same way that he did, and they end up forming a bond. And it's just five episodes of him and this dinosaur traversing this prehistoric land and fighting for survival That's awesome. and there's no dialogue in it it's really? all just music 20 minute episodes too yeah, yeah. it's just like music um wow. you know sound effects you know like a lot of battle sound effects some grunting mm-hmm. from the main character and everything but no like actual dialogue tom kenny plays a monkey and makes like <laughs> monkey noises actually it's like this like bringing it back bring monkey it back. yeah bring back this one about uh plays this like monkey human hybrid that is just like throughout this entire series and it's uh i was shocked like it's it's just such a surprising project and it is so good i literally didn't it is so goddamn good i had no idea what this was but then i kept seeing like twitter ads for it over this past week Mm -hmm. did you did like was this known about before? Like, I was aware of it, yeah. yeah. I was, like, seeing a lot of ads for it. Um, I guess you probably watch a lot more Adult Swim than I do. And I just, like, follow them a lot yeah. on, like, just social media. Yeah. And I've been seeing... I, I've been aware of this since it was announced at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. They showed the trailer for it. And I'm just, like, a big fan of Tretikovsky yeah. in general. Like, I love Samurai Jack. I love, like, pretty much everything he's been involved with. Um, and, yeah, it's just the... That's a major career that's, highlight for him. Like he awesome. like went nuts on this and it's just it's amazing seeing him do such an adult show. Like it is borderline hard to watch cuz I mean it literally is just a show about violence. Yeah. But like it kind of just like, you know, takes this violence and like puts it in such like, you know, like obviously in prehistoric times and it's like, you know, very simplified but it's like so much more jarring and visceral because of it like it it lives up to its name and it's just it's a great show and is it um is it like similar art style to samurai jack Mm -hmm. that's all i'm gonna have to check that out i hope it's on the like adult swim app i hope so too um because yeah it just wrapped up on friday the last episode uh Aired on Friday. That's such a cool way to do that. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Like a five-night event where every night they show a new episode. That's really cool. I completely loved it. It was, yeah, it was like everything I was hoping for and more. That's awesome. So good. I totally recommend that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a hopeful shout-out to my fantasy team. <laughs> Hopefully we win tonight or tomorrow night. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I lost last week. But, oh, no. you know, we'll see. If I do win tomorrow night, I'll be in first place again. So that's that's good. That's good. 
There we that's go. That's all I got for shoutouts. That's, yeah. I think that's all we got for Infinite Canvas Ultra episode 11. Yeah. It was a 1999 month part one. Probably part two next episode. Yeah, probably. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see which way the wind blows. But yeah, until then, take it easy, everybody. We'll see you for the next one. See you next time. This week's track comes from Diagonal. This is their new single, Negatives, released on Midwest Action.